Bless the Lord. We're going to lift the Lord up in praise together. We're going to um, sing Happiness is the Lord. If you'd like to stand with us, we're going to lift the Lord up in praise together. And uh, this is a, a little bit of an older song Chris picked out for us today, but it has a great message. So join us as we sing Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is to know the Savior living a life within his favor, having a change in my behavior. Happiness is the Lord. Real joy is mine. In my drop star, I found the secret. It's Jesus in my heart. Happiness is a new creation, Jesus in me. In close relation, having a part in his salvation. Happiness is the Lord. Real joy is mine, in never a teardrop star. I've found the secret, it's Jesus in my heart. Happiness is to be forgiven, living a life that's worth a living. Taking a trip that leads to heaven, happiness is the Lord. Real joy is mine. No matter if the teardrops are, I found the secret. It's Jesus in my heart. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is the Lord. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. A little rough at first, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one. Well, praise the Lord. Happiness is the Lord. Amen? No. Happiness is knowing the Lord. Amen? Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. It's a little chilly to get up and go this morning, but isn't it great that we can gather here and just praise the Lord and warm up and just praise in His name? Amen? Good seeing you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just come before you and Praise your name and thank you for who and what you are. And just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will just pour out your anointing upon us this day. God, uh, there are many who aren't he, are not here yet this morning. I just pray that you'd be with them wherever they may be. May they feel your presence in what they are saying and what they are doing and wherever they may, are at. But God, as we have gathered in this place, may you be able to look down from heaven and say, those are my children choosing to gather together in my name and worship me. God, may everything that we lift up here today glorify you, edify one another, but most of all, glorify you. God, may your will be done in this church service. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. 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 Good seeing everybody. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, tell them it's good to see them in God's house this morning. That's warm. Good 
God is good. God is good all the time. All the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. God is good all the time. All the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. He's so good. He's so good all the time. We were sinners, so unworthy. Still for us, He chose to die. Filled us with. His Holy Spirit, we can stand and testify that His love is everlasting and His mercies they will never end. God is good, God is good all the time. All the time, put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good, God is good all the time. All the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. He's so good all the time. God is good. God is good all the time. All the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. God is good all the time. All the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. He's so good. He's so good all the time. You know, that song is so simple, but I never get tired of hearing that one. You know, that's one of those that I could just listen to all the time. 60 more? Okay. Okay, guys. Um, really, just a couple of announcements to throw out there this morning. Uh, yes, the, I've been asked several times, what, what's up with the bike? We're, well, you'll see in a few minutes with the sermon. It's just a, it's a good illustration for the sermon this morning. But as far as our announcements today, uh, Tuesday is our, if, if you didn't know, Tuesday is, is Fall Festival Day. So I want to encourage you to, to come up and be a part of that. If you can come and, and volunteer and work somewhere in that, we got the game booths, we got the tea counter, we got the kitchen. There's lots of things, lots of different entities going on. Now, granted, I think Carla's got most of it filled, but it's, if you want to come work and help, praise the Lord. We'll be up here de- during the day getting things ready. I'll be running lights, uh, helping put up games, things of that nature. But if you can't come and work and you just want to lift it up in prayer, that's the greatest thing we could use right there. So be praying for both the safety of the folks, safety for the uh, hayride, safety for the firemen that are coming to lead the hayride, safety for the workers, safety for all the kids, but most of all that God gets glorified. Amen? Let's let the world see that it's okay to have fun at God's house. That though Satan may think he can take a day, that God, God created it and can make it anything he so desires. 
When the Bible said that this is a day the Lord has made, I shall rejoice and be glad in it. He did not go with another verse that said, except for Halloween. Every day is God's day. Amen? And that's what we're going to do Tuesday. So if you would like to come, and, and maybe you just want to come and have fun, that's okay. Come and have fun and enjoy your kids, your grandkids, or you may not have any kids, but yet I know a few folks who come and sit and just watch the kids that are here and enjoy the evening watching the smiles on those kids' faces. So come and be a part of it, and, and, and I hope you'll be blessed by doing so. There are a few more things needed. We're doing fairly well on the candy. If you still have candy you'd like to grab, go ahead. Uh, but we could. there's a list in your, in your bulletin of things that we could still use. The two priority things I think right now, I was told, is stuff for the cakewalk and two-liter sodas. Now, we did have some more two-liter sodas come in this morning. Uh, but if the Lord lays it on your heart to go buy some more, and, and if you're thinking about two-liter sodas, it's a game, a ring-toss game, and, and if you win the sodas. So we're still uh, about 60 short, from what I understand, uh, of the sodas of what we usually use. So if God's laid that on your heart, I know I'm going to go buy a, a mess of them. Well, not on this. Can't put that many in that. But uh, I'll get another vehicle. <laughs> I'm going to buy a mess as well. So if God lays it on your heart, yes, ma'am? Oh, and I'm just going to give it away today. <laughs> Hold your breath. Whoever holds their breath the longest. <laughs> when you wake up and you're in heaven, there might be a Harley there. <laughs> yes, ma'am? That's the what? Oh, <laughs> Okay, so really that's all the announcements this morning, guys. Is um, uh, Oh, and, this, and the breakfast rotation. If God's laid it on your heart to sign up for the breakfast rotation, we did have another volunteer come up this morning. We're going to talk about it a little bit more later. Uh, the more people we get in the rotation, the longer in between the things that we have to do. Uh, and again, it depends. When, when it's your day, it's whatever you want to serve for breakfast. You know, last week, Miranda did all those uh, in great uh, casserole, egg casserole thingies. Today we had donuts and cereal. Next week, it may be whatever the, the, they decide to fix. So it's not like you have to do this, that, or the other. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart to lay out there. Okay, I think that's enough announcements this morning. It's Brother Bob's going to come up and share with us this morning. If I can pray with you, brother. Father God, I just pray for my brother as he's coming. He's already been leading us in song and, and worship, Lord God, and now he's going to open your word. And lead us in the study of that as well. May we just hear you through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Well, good morning. I guess if, uh, if we probably uh, tried to ascertain the most uh, famous Psalm, it would probably be the 23rd Psalm, um, but being a musician, I really like um, Psalms 33, which is uh, 10 removed, but um, Psalms 33 reminds us how important it is that we take the time to give praise to our God and Savior. Sometimes when you have nothing else to give and you go before God, um, the Bible tells us that we can give a sacrifice of praise to God, and at times when you think it's hardest to to praise God, that's when it's most important to praise God. 
So um, let's look at Psalm 33 together real quick. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise from the, for the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make music to him with a ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song to him. Play skillfully on the strings with a joyful shout. For the word of the Lord is right, and all of his works is, are trustworthy. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the Lord's unfailing love. The heavens were made by the word of the Lord, and all of the stars by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into a heap. He puts the depth into storehouses. Let the whole earth tremble before the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came into being. He commanded, and it came into existence. Oh, no problem. There's... uh, there's no other God beside our God, right? And there's no other God that is worthy of the praise and the honor for all the works that God has done. And the Bible tells us that um, creation is evidence in itself that there's a God. That um, It says that he, he who denies God is without excuse because the earth itself in the creation provides evidence for those folks. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Sometimes... Um, to me, like when you read a scripture like that, it's so powerful that really all you can do is say thank you, God, for being so beautiful. So let's go to the Lord in, in uh, prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord God, we just thank you for allowing us to be here, Lord God, and to experience life and to witness your majesty, Lord God. We just pray that you'd continue to bless this church and this community and our nation and our leaders, Lord God, and pray that you'd be with Pastor Frank as he brings forth the word. And Father, I just pray that you would touch each person here and let them feel your presence in in your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join us in praise this morning. Take a, a comfortable position of worship, whatever that means for you. Standing, sitting, cartwheels, you know. Um, we're going to sing forever.
rising to the setting sun as love endures forever the grace of God we will carry on as love endures forever sing
Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, amen. You can give God the glory. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 this morning. And as you can see, because the bike is down here, no, I'm not raffling it off, Michelle. But we are going to have motorcycle lessons this morning. We're going to ride around the sanctuary. No, I'm just kidding. We are going to have some motorcycle lessons in a way, and we're going to tie that back in. I want you to see, first, as you're turning to Proverbs chapter 3, there's a two-minute video I would like you to, to, to watch, and this isn't biblical. This is on motorcycles. So I'd like you to watch this video that they're going to show, and that's, you'll see where it goes from there. And yes, he has a bad accent, but it's easy to understand. Not bad, I mean, deep. 
ask the uninitiated about the first thing that amazes them about MotoGP. And surprisingly, it's not always about the speeds. Even though we know the riders on the straights are reaching somewhere around 350 kilometers per hour. That's 217 miles per hour. Quite often, it's about the lean angles the riders are generating as they hang off the side of their bikes, putting them through the corners. With the recent advances in tyre technology, it's somewhere up to 64 degrees from vertical that the bikes are now reaching, as you can see from this example of Jorge Lorenzo's Yamaha M1. It's an incredible feat when you compare it with the cornering abilities of other motorcycles. If we take the vertical at zero degrees, that represents when the rider is upright on a straight. And on your average city scooter, you'll be doing very well to get anywhere near 40 degrees from vertical. A standard naked bike will probably find its tipping point at the 50 degree mark, and on a road-going supersport bike, that may go out as far as 55 degrees. On a competition superbike with slicks, about 61 degrees would be your limit. But the tyre technology, combined with advances in understanding the flex of the frame as a whole, mean it's not rare to see the MotoGP Elite reach a staggering 64 degrees. As if to demonstrate this remarkable feat perfectly, with our M1 set up on a stand at the maximum lean angle, even the world champion himself finds it hard to stay on the bike without all those cornering forces at play. This achievement is made all the more impressive if we take a closer look at how much of the bike is actually touching the ground. With this 3D animation of Lorenzo at Turn 5 at the Catalunya circuit, we get a chance to have a really good look at the M1 from all sides. And with the rider's elbow providing a moving anchor, the Spaniard is now cranked over at 64 degrees. So if we look right under the Yamaha at this angle, just two tiny patches on the shoulder of the tyres are in contact with the ground. This contact patch is estimated to be as small as the surface area of a credit card. Just how this is achieved? Well, that's for Yamaha and Bridgestone to know and us to find out. But it makes MotoGP as spectacular as ever. Now, I know not everybody's into watching that kind of stuff like I am. However, there was a lesson in that I want people to see. You notice how when he was sitting on the bike, leaned at angle, he couldn't stay on there. But when he's riding, he's rubbing that knee. That, that's how far over that bike is leaning to get around that curve. In Proverbs 35, that, and, or that, it kind of boggles the imagination somewhat to be able to lean that hard on that bike going at those speeds. But that kind of takes me into this verse this morning. It says in, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely or lean on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. Do not lean upon your own understanding. Do not rely upon your own understanding. This message that God laid on my heart this morning, I want to focus on the do not aspect of it. Do not lean on your own understanding. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, whatever may be going on at the time, when you start to lean on your understanding of a situation, that's when we tend to have issues. Because, see, God's understanding is far greater. And there may be things that are taking place that you don't understand, but you still need to do what God's calling you to do. So many times in the midst of things in our life, so many times in the midst of circumstances and situations that doesn't seem right to us, we try to take over 
and do what we think should be done rather than waiting to see how God's going to work it out. That's why it's so direly important. And we talked about this in Sunday school somewhat this morning. So direly important to seek God's face, God's direction, and do what God has you to do. In other words, lean on his understanding. Lean on the Lord. Though it may not make sense in our, in our, in our finite mind, just as leaning into a turn may not make sense, leaning into God is the way we should go because God's got it figured out whether we do or not. I, I, I love it when I can go out and, and ride on the, on the bike. And that's why the bike's here. In fact, the bike's already accomplished its purpose, guys. Everybody keeps asking, what's up with the bike? That means the sermon will stick in your head because you're going to keep thinking about the bike. But that's okay. I do love it when I can go and ride, when I can get out and ride on the bike. And it's been neat lately with, with Sherry being gone and such. Annabelle's been wanting to ride with me and go with me here and there. And uh, I have to put in a plug this morning. One of the gauges on here is showing the air temperature outside of the bike, around the bike. The bike was showing 34 degrees this morning, and she was a trooper. She did not complain. She was sat back there behind me and rode. And now, once we got here, she did. She told me she couldn't feel her feet and such as that. I didn't notice she wore house shoes for boots this morning. But she rode, and we had a good time coming in. It was a beautiful ride. Yes, it was a little chilly, but watching the sun come up over the... The sun was just coming up as we were riding down 467, and we saw the sun start to break over. That is a beautiful time to be on a motorcycle. And I was glad Annabelle, it was kind of funny too, she was back there cuddled behind me, and when I pointed at the, the temperature gauge, I felt her snuggle in even tighter <laughs> back there behind me when she saw what the temperature was on the gauge. But we had a good ride, and, and it's, it's awesome when I'm able to do that. But I have noticed too when she's riding with me, and I haven't asked her about this, I can just tell by the, same way I can tell with Sherry or anyone, really, by the way she grabs and the feel of her legs back there, she still tends at times to get a little nervous uh, when we're going around bends, when we're going into turns, when I'm taking things maybe a little hot and I'm laying that bike over a little bit more. I can feel her knees back there kind of grabbing a hold of me, if you will. And that's normal. That's absolutely normal. But that's part of the fun of riding the bike. You know, C.S. Lewis... The, the, the author of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia Chronicles, C.S. Lewis tells the story of the first time he rode in a sidecar of a motorcycle. He was headed to the, I think it was called the Whipsnade Zoo. But he was headed to the zoo, and he's riding in this car, and he says when he left out, you know, he got in the sidecar of the motorcycle, and when he left, he did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. But when he got to the zoo, he did. <laughs> and people laughed and said, so what happened? but it's not what you think. He wasn't scared. It wasn't that. He said that nothing extraordinary happened on the ride. He said just being in the bike and feeling the hair, the wind blow through his hair and watching God's creation come all about him, he said, I realized the glory of God and the words that had been being taught to him by, by J.R.R. Tolkien and other of his, of his group finally came home and he was like, wow, this is the, the, the Lord. And he come to know Christ, and he realized Christ is whom he said he was. Now, I can't explain how that happened to him, but somehow I know what he means. When you're, when you're riding free, when you're riding a bike, and you're one with the road, and that's the thing, when you're curving into these curves, you learn your bike, and as you're riding, it, it's freedom. And you do feel the Lord. You see God's creation all around you. I say all that for this. It, here's what I was thinking about this week. When, 
the message came to me when Bell and I went on Annabelle when Bell and I went on one of our rides, and I felt her back there, and I it wasn't I didn't take it very hot really at all, but I could tell she thought I did, and she kind of cringed up back there, and I thought how incredibly normal that is. You see, folks, when you're riding, one thing that that often comes up and it, it is very unnatural in the important aspect of leaning into your turn. It is unnatural for us as human beings to want to lean into that road that's coming up so close to you. Think about it for just a minute this morning. And, and humor me as we're talking about motorcycles that right now. But when you're thinking about it, as human beings, when we are standing or when we are walking or when we are running, a person continually shifts his weight to stay at balance, right? To keep their equilibrium. Whatever it is we are doing, we have it in our minds, we need to stay balanced. We need to stay upright. Yet the safest way, the, the, the incredibly safest way around the corner on a motorcycle is to lean down into the turn and then accelerate out of it. The more you lean down, the more that bike's getting closer to the road, but the more control you actually have of the motorcycle. Initially, it rather feels like, like, like that it's a foolish thing to do. When you're going fast and you're going down the road and you come up to this curve and you're going into this curve, you're seeing the pavement getting closer to you. When you're first learning how to ride, at least on a street bike, you start thinking, you know, that road's really close. You know, and, and when you start seeing spark, not on this bike, but other bikes have had, when you start seeing sparks coming off your foot pegs and stuff, you're like, man, I'm laying this over pretty far right now. And, and the initial thought is, man, that road is really close to me. Think about it. When you're on a curve, which is obviously a lot more dangerous than a straightaway, you, don't, you, you would think, I don't need to be close to the road. But yet, I should be purposely getting closer. I am purposely getting closer to the ground, leaning downward and speeding up. At first, it feels like you're falling. When you first start learning how to ride a street bike and you get up to the speeds around those corners, it kind of feels like you're falling. Even now, it's part of the exhilaration. When you sweep around a corner, I wouldn't do it anybody on the back, but when I sweep a corner, that exhilaration, it gets me. Now, what am I trying to point out here? Our mind, my mind, my body, everything's telling me I shouldn't want to get closer to the road because that's going to hurt. If I hit that road, that's not going to feel good. But what I didn't realize and what I've learned and what anyone who rides a bike can tell you now and just like we saw in that video, you saw how hard they had those bikes turning at 220 miles per hour, is that there are centrifugal forces at work. There's parts of physics at work on that motorcycle. Even though, like you saw in that video, there's only two patches about that big. About, I, I was always told a silver dollar. They say a credit card. But there's two patches of that tire. It's all that's making contact to that road. But yet the centrifugal forces and everything that's going on there get on that bike gives that leaning rider the full control of that bike. By, the, by having control of the speed and therefore having control of the centrifugal force on the bike, I have control. Even though I may not understand physics, even though I may not understand the centrifugal forces that are being applied to me, even though I do not see them, it's best not to think of my mind about wanting to get equilibrium. It's best not to think about how I'm getting close to the road. It's best just to trust those forces I cannot see. It's best to trust the centrifugal force that's being applied to me and, and recognize that that centrifugal force is keeping me on the bike and work with it rather than against it. 
Another lesson you learn when you ride a bike is that when you're riding, you don't focus right here. You know, one thing for the, the, the passenger, or rider too, actually, if you focus on just the scenery out to the side or focus on the, the road right there at the turn, you get dizzy. You get vertigo. You start saying, you know, things are moving too fast. You know, it's, something's just not right here. When you're not protected by, the, by metal doors and a nice seat belt, dizzy is not what you want to have. When you're on a motorcycle in a curve, you don't want to get dizzy. You want to look out. You want to look beyond. You don't look at where you're at right now. Basically, a motorcyclist needs to keep his focus on where he's going. He needs to focus on the goal that's out ahead of him. He doesn't need to look at the curve. He's looking through the curve. He's going to look out beyond the curve and let the centrifugal forces that he can't see take care and take control and do what he knows he should do, even if it's contrary to what he feels like he knows. Let the centrifugal forces take him to his destination that he's looking out beyond. If I want to enjoy the scenery, if I want to see the things around me, then I look at it out there, not right here. I don't look at the moment. I look at where I'm going and look at what's out there ahead of me. And I look at at what's going to transpire. I don't get vertigo that way. I'm seeing everything come at me. I see the beauty of God. And I can see the creation of God. And I can see everything wonderful around me because I'm choosing not to trust in my thoughts of that road getting close. I'm choosing to trust in the centrifugal forces and the things of God He's put around me. And I'm going to look through that curve and I'm going to get through that curve, and I'm going to come out of that curve, and I'm back on the straightaway, and at that point I can look around and see whatever's needed. That's what makes that ride exhilarating. That's what makes that ride exciting. Now you may be saying this morning, what does this have to do with our Christian life? Frank's going on and on about riding motorcycles. And guys, if you don't have one, talk to your wives, get one. I'm telling you. It's biblical. Peter would have rode a motorcycle, I promise. I'm just kidding, I don't know that. I have a feeling he would have, though. Paul probably would have wrote it. Never mind. Uh, my mind's going... Uh, I got another sermon all of a sudden working in my head here. But guys, here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to point out this morning. And here's what I hope this bike is a, a illustration for you to think about from, for, for the rest of your week or the rest of your life. Life is a lot like that curve on that motorcycle. The way we live our life it's just a lot like how you take a curve in a motorcycle. If we look too close to the road that's whizzing by us right now, if we pay too much attention on what the situation is that's around us right now, we tend to lose our bearings. We tend to start making decisions based on our emotions. We tend to, tend to start making choices based on the, the momentary rather than the goal that's put out before us. And we start getting a sense of vertigo as we try to keep up and everything's spinning around us. If we focus on the moment around us and do not stop and think about the long-term goal, if I don't stop and think about where I am headed, I'm going to make some horrible life mistakes. If I am in a a dating situation and, and I'm only living for the moment, I may do something that's incredibly silly and now there's consequences for that to the rest of my life. I may make choices with my job. I may make choices with my, 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 my health that's going to change my health the rest of my life. If I continue to focus only on my own understanding in the moment and take my eyes off the goal that's been put before me, take my eyes off the race ahead of me, if I was to do that on a motorcycle, 
We call it making the curve straight. In other words, you don't make it around the bend and get to your destination. You go off and you hit the trees or another car or a ditch or something. Because when you focus on the moment rather than on the destination, vertigo comes in. You make bad choices. Things just take place. Simply said, when we see only the road around us, we don't see where we're going. When we focus on our own understanding, when we focus on what we know rather than trusting in the Lord and what He knows, we're going to crash. Because there's centrifugal forces. There's godly forces out there that we don't have a clue how to understand. There's things that God is working in our lives around us that will get us to our goal if we lean on Him and just look to the goal. But when we try to kick against that, and focus on keeping our equilibrium right now, we're going to get caught up in how bumpy the road is. We're going to get caught up in how fast we are going. And we're going to get caught up in what's happening right now. And when that's all we see, we lose sight of the destination. When we get caught up in how bumpy everything is right now and how bad it is, rather than how good it's going to turn out, that's where we end up staying. We get stuck in that rut. We get stuck in that valley. And remember, remember like... Brian taught just a little while back in the 23rd Psalm. David said, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. didn't say as I get caught up in it. He didn't say as I set up a camp in it. He didn't say as I get into this tradition that keeps me here camping. He said, as I walk through it. In other words, I'm not focusing on this valley of the shadow of death. I'm looking through it. Because my God who watches over me, He's going to anoint my enemies in front of me. He is going to take care. He's going to prepare a table out there. My God's got all these things in store for me out there. That's my goal. Not the valley. The valley is the shadow of the death. When we are in that turn in life, when we are in that bend in life, when I am in that S-curve on 467 uh, uh, coming to church, wherever it may be, I'm not focused on that moment. I'm not focused on the bend. I'm not focused on the potholes. I'm focused on the destination. I'm going to get through this because that's where my God has set up my my trophies. That's where God set my crowns. That's where God has placed my, my joy, my exhilaration, my excitement. Everything is based on what's out there, not right here. If I trust in Him and not lean on my own understanding. If I will focus where He is. If we try to... Think about it for just a second, guys. When we are going into the turns of life, when we, are, when we have those bends come upon us that we didn't expect, how many times do we try to correct our balance? How many times do we stop and do what we think we should do? If we were just to do that in the midst of a turn on a motorcycle, it's going to crash. If I was to look down at the road in the midst of a hard turn and get scared and try to stand that bike up, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose that bike at that point because it's going to be hard to get it back over before it's too late to get back out of that turn. It's the same thing in life. If, I just, if I'm riding along and everything's great, but then I get to the bumpy curve in the road, I just look down and say, oh, and I yank the bike over, yank my life over, make a choice, a decision with my partner, uh, with my dating partner, with my financial partner, with my job. If I do something spur of the moment because I feel like i got to get upright again, we get ourselves in a whole mess of trouble. Praise God that oftentimes He'll bring us back out of it. Just like if I run that bike off a road and into the trees, doctors can fix me up oftentimes and get me back on the road. But how many don't get back up? 
Or what kind of scars and consequences do you have from that point forward? Rod was telling me just last night of a friend of his who got crushed by a truck and broke almost every bone in his body. And now the cold gets him so bad that even when everybody else is in shorts, he's got jackets on. Because his body is so broken. When we make choices and make decisions in the moment rather than keeping our eyes on the destination and riding the curve out trusting the Lord rather than leaning on our own understanding. I mean, if we're trusting the Lord and keeping our eyes on the goal, great. But if we take our eyes off the goal and we lean on our own understanding rather than His forces we may not understand, there's going to be scars. There's going to be consequences. And it may not just affect you. Just like that bike may go into another lane and hit another vehicle and affect those people, the choices and decisions we make in our lives when we try to grab our own understanding rather than lean on the Lord may go off the rails and take out your children, your other loved ones, or somebody that you didn't even know that was close. When we get to a bend in life, if we take our eyes off the finish line, guys, if we focus on the moment, there is a very good chance that we're going to crash. There's a very good chance. And that's why he says here, trust in the Lord with a little bit of your heart. Trust in the Lord with half your heart. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Guys, when we trust Christ, there's going to be things happening in your life you don't understand. Just like when you're riding that bike around those curves. When I, used, when I was a kid watching that, I, and I tried... I tried on dirt tracks quite often, and I just flip all over the place. It doesn't work the same. Never got to ride a track where you could take those kind of speeds. But when I'd watch them, I'd think, how in the world can they do that? Because I didn't understand. Nobody taught me what centrifugal force was. I knew what gravity was. I had landed hard many a time. But as I learned, as I rode, as I just trusted the forces I could not see. It's the same thing in our lives, guys. The more we trust the Lord with all our heart, and we may not be able to understand it. I can't explain to you how he got a Jenny to talk to, the, to Balaam. But he did. I don't know how he got a bush to burn without being consumed. I don't know how he got a fish to swallow Jonah and be in the belly for three days and then spit him back out. And he'd be whole and ready to go and, and share with Nineveh. I, I can't tell you how God can do those things, but what I can tell you is He did, and He can, and He will work miracles in your life as well. We serve a God that's in the miracle-working business, guys. He can heal. He can bring forth all kinds of incredible fruit. The thing is, trust Him and not your own understanding. When we get back to just doing what we think is right, when we try to impose our will in the midst of the the turn of life, to keep equilibrium, when we think that I have to stay upright and I'm focusing on that more than the goal, we're kicking against God's centrifugal force. We're kicking against the stone. You are kicking against something you cannot defeat. You may not understand it. You may not be able to see it. But when you choose to do your will rather than God's will, you're going to have trouble. Because God's will you're not going to supersede. He may allow you to go ahead and wreck and crash so that you will look up to Him and bring you back. Equilibrium in life, guys, is not the goal. 
When I am riding, let's say riding here this morning, my goal was not to see how fast or how hard I could take these curves or look at the road in the curves. My goal was to come to church, get the bike in here without scratches, with Annabelle and I in one piece, so I could share the God's Word with you. My goal was doing God's will, not focusing on the curve. That curve was just there. I just trusted in the centrifugal forces that God gave me and, and, and trusted in, in what He's taught me, and I just rode through that to get here. It's the same thing in life. When the bends and the turns come, remember God said, I have prepared a place for you. Made with hands not of this world, so that where I go, you may be also. And when, when we die, he said, I'm going to come back and bring everyone onto myself. If it was not so, he would not have said so. He said, I am going to come. He's going to return and draw all his unto himself again. In the twinkling of an eye, Paul says. He wouldn't say those things unless it was true. And because it's true, my goal isn't on just getting to, uh, on this bend, getting equilibrium and this turn in life. My goal is trusting in Jesus and getting to that heavenly home one day. You know, it's easy to focus on the problems. It's easy to focus on the bumpy road. You know, Sherry's out of town in Florida, and, and there's a lot, all kinds of things that I could say, this is hard, this is that, this is this. Trying to keep up with Annabelle and her theater practice and church and this and picking her up and going here and doing that and somebody's got this going on and they have this going on. It may, I could sit and say, oh, poor me, or I could just say, but in the long run, one day I'm going to sit around the table with my God and I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. In fact, that one day could be right now. And then moment by moment, I say, thank you, Jesus. And you know what happens? I don't get caught up in the bumps in the road. Sure, there's bumps in the road. I still get caught up in the, the ride in life. I still get caught up in the exhilaration of riding in that life. You may not have ever ridden a motorcycle, but you've done something. You've ridden a roller coaster. You've, you, you've ridden in a dune buggy. You've done something where you just had that joy, that like, wow. When we trust not in our own understanding and just trust the Lord, yes, there's going to be bends. Yes, there's going to be turns. Yes, there's going to be potholes. Yes, there's going to be bumps in the road. But you're going to say, man, wasn't that great when I came out the other side? Because I focused on the goal, not the moment. In reality, guys, many times the goal, or at least should be, is just how do I survive the turn? because I know what's on the other side. When I go into these turns, coming to church or wherever it may be, I'm not focused on the turn. It's like, how do I survive it? Trust the centrifugal forces, lean it over. At the apex of the curve, I'm going to give it some, ju- give it some gas. I'm going to come up. It's going to stand me up. And I'm going to come out the other side, and just that fast, I'm through the curve. I don't pay attention. I'm out of it and going on down the highway. It's the same thing in our lives. It's in those times, guys, that keeping our balance really doesn't mean straightening up. It means leaning into and trusting Christ. Trusting God and saying, God, here I am. Leaning into His ways. Though I don't understand them, saying, God, here I am. I, I'm, I'm going to lean into you. What, what would you have me do? Now, understand too, leaning may not come natural. I know when I was, dirt bikes, I, I did a lot of stuff on dirt bikes. But when I started riding on the street, and started hitting them speeds of 70, 80, 90 mile an hour. It didn't seem natural to bend that, you know, lean over when I first started riding. It was like, hmm, that asphalt looks like it's going to hurt. Whatever it may be in your life, 
you may have to just lean on God and you're saying, but this looks like it's going to hurt, Lord. It may not be natural. It may not come natural. It, you, but you need to surrender into that leaning. If we truly want to know what victory is, then lean into the Lord and say, God, I don't understand, but I know you do. What would you have me to do today? He may say, well, I want you to go out and you're going to become the next missionary to Africa. That makes no sense to me, Lord. It's going to, I may get hungry. I may catch malaria. I may not have a nice air-conditioned home to sleep in. But you know what? If you trust him, if that's what he's calling you to do and you trust him to do it, you come out and you're going to have, wow, that was great. And it may even be on the other side of glory, but you can say, man, that's where I was supposed to be. In this crazy life we live, guys, we need to remember to lean on God in the turns. Lean on God in those and trust those centrifugal godly forces that we don't understand to hold us to our bike. Did you notice in the video, that, that was the world champion right there. Did you notice that when he was on, when the bike wasn't moving, he couldn't stay on it? There was no centrifugal force there. He couldn't do that. No matter how great a rider he was, he couldn't stay on that bike like that. It took the forces he could not see to keep him on that bike when he set the world record. You may not be able to see the forces in your life. And and the world may tell you, you can't stay on like that. You trust Christ. Trust the forces you can't see and not your own understanding. And you will be amazed at the things that you can accomplish. Well, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too sickly. I don't have enough money. I don't have time. Whatever all the excuses are that we try to Throw out there to set ourselves up straight. Don't lean on your own understanding. Say, God, what would you have me to do? And when we yield our will to his will, that's when the excitement comes. That's the outcome. I like riding motorcycles, guys, not because it's just, uh, look what I can do. I like it because I feel the freedom. What greater freedom is there than feeling Christ in our lives? We should want to live for Christ and lean on His understanding and not our own because that is the greatest exhilaration that you could possibly have by leaning on Him. So where are you this morning? Maybe you in the past or maybe even right now you've kicked against God in the midst of the bend, in the midst of the turn and, and you just don't know. You, you, you see the curve straightening out in front of you and taking you away from your destination. You can change that right now. If you will just close your eyes and surrender to Him and just let the forces of God take over right now and say, God, I choose to lean on You. I don't understand how You're going to make this work. I don't understand how You could speak and bones become whole again as it did in Acts chapter 3. I don't understand how You can speak and the blind can see. I don't see how You can bring all this to come to bear as You say You can, but I'm going to trust You. And you just hang on and do what He tells you to do. Speed up, slow down when He tells you to speed up and slow down and just trust Him and you'll come out the other side with your destination still before you. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're trying to ride and you don't even know how. And that's a dangerous place to be. Now, I would say this is a very safe machine right here. However, if you've never ridden a motorcycle before and you got on this and tried to ride it right now, 
you're going, you'll get hurt before you get to there. That's, that's 747 pounds. If that falls over on you, that's going to hurt. It's best not to even get on the bike if you don't know how to ride. And the one to teach you how to ride in life is Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the great thing is he said that if you will believe in me, if you'll put your faith in me that I am the Son of God and I rose again on the third day, Profess that with your mouth, believe that in your heart, so shall you be saved. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first thing you need to do. Learn how to ride this ride that's called life. But once you do, there's going to be bends. But you know, what makes a roller coaster the greatest? The more depth, the more drops, the more curves, and the faster it goes. Now maybe some of y'all don't like roller coasters. I think roller coaster. Yeah, I know Julie does. In fact, we had to ride together one time because both our spouses sat down on the ground and watched. They wouldn't get on. And there was a baby one there in Kima, wasn't it? You may not like roller coasters, but guess what? This this life is. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. You're going to have curves. You're going to have speed. You're going to have slow. Why not trust God and just sit back and enjoy it? You have the capability to make that choice today. Lean not on what you can see. Lean not on what you understand. Lean on Christ. And not your own understanding. And watch the great things He'll do in your life. I pray that when you come to those bends in the road, you'll forget about me. Maybe you'll remember the bike. You'll remember that you have to lean into these curves. And you'll say, you know what? This is a bend in life. I'm not on a motorcycle, but I'm on life. I'm going to trust in the Lord, trust in the forces I don't understand, and keep my eyes on the destination in front of me. Where are you this morning? I want to ask us all to stand. I'm going to pray with us. This altar is open. Just because the bike's here doesn't mean you can't come down to this altar. And don't come down and pray to the Harley. Go to, go, there's plenty of room here. You can pray right where you're at. But will you take it to the Lord this morning? Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, I have been fighting against the Lord. I have been fighting against the things that I cannot see. Will you surrender them to Christ this morning? Maybe it's a pain. Maybe it's a heartache that you just can't overcome. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's anger. Whatever it is in your life that you are just struggling and struggling and struggling, Maybe it's time to quit fighting it and just say, Lord, here I am. I see heaven in the future. I see your glory before me. That's where I want to go. How do I get there? And he may show you how to deal with all of it and bring you through. Where are you this morning? As we pray. Father God, I just come before you today and just ask, Lord, that you will just touch us in a special way. If we've been kicking against those forces we don't understand rather than trusting you with them, may you bring that to our awareness. May we see it, may we know it, may we acknowledge it, and God, may your will be done with it. Father, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people, and may we leave here today truly trusting in who you are. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to sing, sing.
If he's telling you to come down and pray with me, I'd love to pray with you. If he's telling you to go to the altar, maybe he's telling you to go to your neighbor, maybe he's telling you just to pray where you're at. But will you do what God's calling you to do this morning? That's why I ask today. As we sing, guys. I'm going to extend it this morning. You know if that's you. Have you went to the Lord? Have you taken it to Christ? Whatever it is you're fighting. You know, I named off financial and relational things, but it may be some vice that you're dealing with, some addiction. Whatever it is, you may not understand how God can take it away. And the world may say, well, God can't do You know, that's just not normal. Isn't it great we serve a God that's not normal? We serve a God that's greater than any normality that we think we know. And for that reason, I don't have to trust my understanding. I say, thank you, Jesus. You know, it came up a little bit this morning in Sunday school, and actually even last night I was point blank asked at a, at a gathering I was at last night of a small ministry group. But it was asked to me, how, if, if in the lifestyle that I had before, how did God bring me to be preaching today? All I can tell you is it had nothing to do with Frank. It's all God. God can take the unusable to what people will say is unusable. And there will be people that will probably still tell you, no, Frank can't be used by God. But he can take what the man says is unusable and make it what he desires it to be. But you have to trust that he can. It's amazing. You know, I still sometimes wake up and say, God, why me? But then I sit back and say, thank you, Jesus. This is the day the Lord hath made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it and praise God. Where are you this morning? Amen. Guys, I just pray that you continue to focus on him. Think about that in your life and, and give it to him. Give it to him. And you may need to seek out somebody to help you find what he's wanting to do in your life. That's still giving it to him. But trust him to work in your life today. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I want to invite you back this evening, 6 o'clock. We're starting Chapter 3, the Church of Sardis in Revelation. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I don't see us getting past one verse. Verse 1 of Chapter 3 is a, there's a whole lot of practical application issues. That Though the verse is short, it speaks to us immensely today. So I, I think there will be a lot of discussion on the Holy Spirit in the churches coming from that verse this evening. But I want to encourage you to come be a part of that study. Small group, if you want to come. In fact, make it a big group. That's cool, too. But it's just a great time getting together. Uh, guys, keep your eyes up. Keep your head up and focus on Christ this week. Amen? Amen. And, oh, and before I close, I had one parent ask me earlier, I am perfectly fine. If you want to come up with your kids, the pipes are cooled off. Somebody asked if they could take a picture of their little one on the bike. I don't care. You can take a picture of yourself on the bike. Take a picture of two of yourselves on the bike. I'm not worried about you knocking it over. Uh, you know, just make sure there's an adult there with the kids, though, if uh, you want to take pictures on the bike. All right. Brother Brian, will you close this in prayer? This Yes, ma'am. Praise your holy name for, for your word and your promises, God. Lord, do help us to uh, lean on those promises, God, and not count on ourselves or what we think we might let us uh, come to you uh, in the truth uh, and, and know that you are the omnipotent, omnipresent, loving Father that uh, has our, our best interest in your heart, God, and just help us to serve others. Uh, 
Give us the strength to this opportunity. Forgive us when we do fall short. Bring us back to worship you again, Lord. Thank you for this time. And I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Not in the service, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> about Sunday morning breakfast and such. So praise the Lord there. Guys, y'all are dismissed. Have, have a good day. And, and guys, keep looking up with what you say and do today. You sure are beautiful. You know it? Yeah. Yeah, you know it. Right?